Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,995. But wait a minute, revving it up. Today's show, you won't hear anything because today we're talking about some incredible new battery technology. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Herzliya, Israel. A city I've not been in before. Sounds like a beautiful place with a very special guest by the name of Doron Meyersdorf. Doron, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? Thank you. Now, when I say that, I'm thinking, wait a minute. We're going to be talking about electric vehicles today. There is no clutch. There's just stop and go. And when you push the accelerator, things go very fast. So this technology you're going to share with us today, I think is revolutionary. It's going to change the world. And I'm so excited to bring your story to my listeners. But before I give you a proper introduction, I want to know one little thing about you that maybe most people don't know. Okay. I think I was one of the first guys ever to drive a Mazda 3. This was like in California back in, uh, you know, I think it was like 1995 or 6. Uh, and they, they, they had a lottery where you could actually uh, get to drive it where it was still an experimental vehicle. Uh, and we had a, like a racetrack in uh, San Mateo, California. And I was one of the first ones to actually race it. Uh, with some friends. It was really cool. Wow. Well, you know, when I um, when I knew I was going to have you on the show here today, I thought, oh, I'm going to have this scientist guy. He's probably not going to talk about cars very much because he's developing this technology. But you just, I just put you on another platform here, Doron, because <laughs> holy cow, that's that's pretty good. I'm f- I'm familiar with that facility, and Mazda's been kind of on the leading edge of some technology when you think about the Wankel engine they came out with and everybody went, what the heck is that? The fact that you uh, got to be one of the first guys to take it on a track and get it up to speed, very impressive. That sounds like fun. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we're going to dive into a very, very cool world that you live in here. Doron Meyersdorf is the CEO at StoreDot, a pioneer and leader of extreme fast charging known as XFC batteries that overcome a critical barrier in mainstream EV adoption. And that is range and charging anxiety. The company has revolutionized the conventional lithium ion battery by designing and synthesizing proprietary organic and inorganic compounds, I think we're going to get technical today, making it possible to fully charge an EV in just five minutes. Yeah, that's right. I said five minutes. The same time it takes to pretty much refuel a conventional combustion engine vehicle. Doron brings vast experience in business and technology management to StoreDot. Prior to founding the company, he served as senior director of SanDisk SSD business units, establishing and managing the division in Israel, building product strategy, marketing, and business development resulting in sales to leading laptop makers amounting at over $100 million in revenue in under three years. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our valued sponsor, so give them a little listen. We won't be making much noise today, but we're going to be revolutionizing the way you think about EVs, so sit tight. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 
for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Service protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day, and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled are stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance, designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. So Doron, since you've been into the track, we're going to dive a little deeper into the corner. And we know what that's about when you're on a racetrack. But EV cars, they are fast and they are coming on fast. And I've had so many people on this show in the last six months. It's really growing fast and exploding fast. But what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. So I'd love for you first, before we dive a little deeper into the technology side, what got you into Store.Dot? Why start this business? And a little bit about your background, because you're a bit of a scientist, my friend. Yeah, so yeah, I do have a PhD, but this is actually a PhD that is broad. It's in management and engineering from the Technion in Israel. Uh, you do study chemistry uh, the first years, uh, physics and, and, and electrochemistry. Uh, but uh, what brought me here is actually uh, looking for new materials to improve flash memory at the time when I was at Sandisk. Uh, you know, so we replaced basically the memory in everything from uh, cameras to, uh, you know, MP3 players, uh, all the, those things. And in flash memory, there is a problem of uh, write and read. Uh, and we, we were trying to improve that with some organic materials that were developed at Tel Aviv University. Uh, at the time, uh, we used material called peptides. Peptides are like amino acids that assemble into proteins but they are not yet a protein, so it's a peptide. And uh, we showed that you can actually introduce uh, these peptides into a memory chip and improve uh, the uh, write speed of, of the uh, flash memory. 
But uh, over time, and we got Samsung actually to invest in this uh, effort. But over time, I realized that the same materials with some additional synthesis of, of uh, the molecules can actually uh, perform better in a battery. So uh, the battery has a problem of resistance, of heat. And if you can find materials that improve the movement of ions, it's called the diffusion, the ions that come in into the anode, the anode is the negative side of the battery. If you can improve that, you can actually start charging faster. So over time, we evolved from these peptides to organic uh, molecules that we synthesize that are imitating what the peptides do. Uh, we call this inspired by nature. And then uh, we kind of expanded it also to inorganic materials such as silicon, uh, but silicon powder, not the silicon that people usually think about silicon chips, uh, uh, but the, the powder silicon and uh, the element silicon in a nanoscale. This is nanotechnology for silicon, and this is the inorganic side. So we combine the synthesis of small molecules that are organic, that support the, the reduction of the resistance and the better diffusion of the ions into the anode with silicon, which is an inorganic material that is also a semiconductor and, and also supports uh, a better performance of the battery. Higher energy, but more importantly for us, is the ability to charge fast. So over the last decade, we have here like 30 PhDs that are working on the essence of replacing the traditional uh, materials in a battery, in a lithium-ion battery, which, by the way, this is the Nobel Prize for 2019 uh, from Professor Goodenough. It's an easy name to remember. <laughs> yeah, good enough. Goodenough. I love it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and two other guys that came up with the lithium-ion uh, uh, technology. We are leveraging on this great innovation by basically saying you can also charge fast the lithium-ion battery if you replace some of the materials that are traditionally in, in the battery. And most importantly, the material that we need to replace is the graphite, the carbon, uh, because it has high resistance. It's very stable. It's very good. And this is where the you know Nobel Prize came from. But but if we replace it with silicon, for example, you can charge 10 times faster uh, and, get, and get even better energy. On the, uh, the caveat is that the silicon is less stable than graphite, and you need to really uh, uh, manipulate it and, and add some materials and process the material so it will not swell, not expand uh, during charging and discharging. I mean, it swells during charging and, and uh, contracts expands and contracts during discharging. So this is like a balloon that is being inflated and deflated. And over time, you get cracks and, and instability in the structure. So this is what Stodo does. We work on innovative materials and processes that would enable us to use the silicon in the battery in a way that it is robust enough to sustain, let's say, at least 1,000 cycles of fully charging and discharging the battery. So, for example, if, let's say, your Tesla does 300 miles, after 1,000 times, at times it will be 300,000 miles that uh, this is the warranty that, you know, Tesla can actually give you for the vehicle. So, so this is what we do. We replace the chemistry, the, the core materials that go uh, into the anode of the battery, also some uh, changes in the electrolyte, 
some changes in the cathode because it's a, it's a system that needs to work very elegantly together. But I would say 60-70% of the innovation is replacing the materials in the negative side of the battery, which is called the anode. You know, you explain that very, very well for a layman like me or a bit of a Luddite when it comes to the technology side of all of this. You know, I think about SunDisk as my my little drive in my cameras, you know, that you'd slide in there and I'd always look at that thing and go, how can you put so many pictures on this? All of this is so interesting to me. And as things ramp up with the EV world, we're going to need more of this kind of innovation and the kind of things that you're doing. I mean, you think about the key thing that caught my eye is, you know, we have range anxiety and charging anxiety. And you see more and more of the naysayers about EV going, well, yeah, this and that. And as I was waiting for your call this morning, I even got a a notice from a a group that did a study on uh, electrical fires or fires in vehicles. And, you know, there you see going around that vehicles that are EV vehicles are more prone to catch on fire. And actually, this study proved that is not true. It was the hybrid vehicles that have gas and electric that are the most uh, prone. But, you know, as this starts to ramp up and it's moving very fast, this technology and the idea of a five minute fill up by the time you plug in, go in the store, buy your Slurpee or whatever you buy in a candy bar and come back to your car and whistle a, a little bit and go, okay, I'm done, ready to go. The first question listeners are going to be going, okay, when is this going to be in my vehicle? When can I buy one of these? Because we want stuff now, right? So what's your time frame here with what you're doing? So many things need to happen in the ecosystem for real fast charging uh, to be in your vehicle. It's not just the chemistry of the battery, which is almost ready. We are already demonstrating it. We are producing samples in a, in a large on a large scale on a mass production line, we are giving it to many OEMs, uh, vehicle makers to test. Uh, so chemistry-wise, we are getting very close. The problem is that you need also to modify some elements in the vehicle because you would need cooling during charging. You will also need cooling in the charging station, which we already have today, but you'll need even more of that. You would need to cool the cable to cool the connector. But not only that, you need to think about the grid, right? You need a very smart and powerful grid to be able to support uh, those, let's say, at least 350 kilowatt stations that are going to be, you know, everywhere. And by the way, BP, British Petroleum, invested also in Stodol because they understand the same way, by the way, that Sandisk understood that we need to start replacing uh, all the firms or all the uh, uh, players. We need to also think that gas stations, and eight, and the BP has 18,500 gas stations in Europe and in the US, all of them are going to be repurposed over the next decade and or, or two to be fully electric. So where will all this power come from? <laughs> that, was, that was my big question, yeah. <laughs> it's not just replacing the gas pump with a charging station. You need to bring, a, you know, a substation that uh, would work with the grid uh, even a federal grid, so it would enable to, in peak time during rush hour, when everybody wants to get to work and they need charge, and they did not charge at home because the model does not allow everybody to charge. Not everybody has garages, and even if they had, you know, the, the charging at home with an AC adapter will always be slow because the power in the house is limited. So you would need to move to a model where you can actually charge as you go. And and you would uh, and the experience of the driver 
should be exactly like fueling. Because otherwise, the whole business model of the uh, charging stations will not work. Because you sit, let's say, in the center of San Francisco or in the center of Seattle, and, and it's a prime real estate, and you have only 10 slots. If people are sitting there for two hours, three hours, four hours charging, you know, and they buy one coffee, everybody goes broke, right? right so right. it has to be five minutes in and out. So we are ready with the chemistry. We are working with some of the car makers to adapt uh, some changes in the vehicle. Let's say Daimler, uh, Mercedes is one of our key investors. We've also recently announced uh, VinFast uh, from Vietnam, but they are selling vehicles in the U.S. and producing also. And, and we are working with some others. Uh, and, and, and the idea is that uh, in 2024, we'll already be producing uh, at scale. And uh, most likely the vehicle will be a 2025 model. Wow. This is incredible. Well, you touched on an important thing, and that's a whole nother conversation with other people, and that's power grids. I've been watching some in here in the United States in the news reports of that even the power grids here in the U.S. really are going to need to ramp up. I mean, we just can't support a lot of the things that you're talking about. And I'm sure there will be investors that will put money into that uh, because, of course, as we know, if we leave it to our governments, they're going to trip over themselves. (laughs) They never quite seem to get that figured out because, you know, they don't have to make money. They can just tax you and me and they'll be fine. Exactly. And by the way, with all the criticism about how China works, because the government there decided that this is a national security kind of uh, effort with uh, with batteries and, and, and with the, the transition to electrification of the vehicles, over the last uh, 10 years, they have invested big time in upgrading the grid in order to support uh, charging of, of vehicles. So there, the government is actually taking a very proactive role. I agree with you that in the U.S. it will have to be a combination of some private initiatives uh, that would see the the business opportunity in kind of uh, uh, upgrading the, the the local grids. Uh, and, and the power stations. Oh, absolutely. And, and of course, BP and other huge petrochemical companies are going, we're going to have to change or we're going to end up like Kodak film uh, has been. So there's so much here to talk about and it's so exciting, but I'm very excited. And I wanted to congratulate you. I know you just are through your Series D funding uh, with VinFast and the Vin Group that you've uh, uh, landed some more income from or investment opportunities so you can keep doing what you're doing. So all of this, I think we could talk for many, many hours about about all of this, which is Absolutely. which is just fascinating. I'd like to ask my guests if there's been a what I call in driving inspiration, somebody in your life that was very influential, a mentor perhaps, somebody that gave you a lot of inspiration to go down this track that you're going down because you're you're changing the world, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean definitely Elon Musk is somebody that I've always looked up to. Uh, even from back in the days that I was in the Silicon Valley in the 90s when uh, he was actually uh, working on PayPal. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I saw that uh, really the only way to succeed is to think big. It's actually think big or go home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And this is what, what I've been doing since uh, both at Sandys with really replacing the, the, the film for the camera and replacing the uh, storage for uh, for music and, and for uh, for TV, uh, for movies. Uh, and then uh, at store.basically basically thinking about how you can reinvent the battery, which is the new oil, basically. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, Elon Musk to me is, I always have joked that the reason he wants to go to Mars is that's where he's from. He's already from outer space and he's been brought here kind of like men in black. They live among us, right? These these intellectual minds, these people that can think way beyond. And, you know, obviously for people like that, there's there's folks that don't like him. But there's other folks, I believe, like you and me, that I look up to. Maybe he's an odd character. I don't know. I don't know the guy. But when you think about what he's thinking about, I think about Steve Jobs. I think about going back to some of the innovators around the world who created things that people thought they were crazy. And look at where those things have brought us and these little devices we carry in our hands, these phones. Just mm-hmm. in 15 years, what they can do, it it's mind-boggling. So I'm glad we have people like Elon, people like you, Doron, who are thinking way outside the box and are going to bring us some very innovative things in the future. So uh, very much so. We'll take a short break and thank our sponsors again. We come back. I want to talk about challenges. Oh, my gosh. I think you live in the world of challenge, but I think you thrive on it. So we'll be right back. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail-order catalog company has grown into a multi-website-based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey and be sure to use the code cars. Yeah. When you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom. Linkage geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at linkagemag.com. So let's talk about this a little bit because I'm almost embarrassed to ask the question because your whole world is about challenge. That that is the world of technology, evolution, scientific world. It's all about figuring out why things work, what can work and what will will work. So let's narrow it down to one big one perhaps in your career that really kind of put you back on your heels. Take us on a bit of a bumpy ride if you would. So we actually, I would say in this bumpy ride now, maybe at the tail of it, but you know, when I started to talk about five-minute charging, uh, and I had maybe a hundred professors uh, coming into uh, Stordot and saying, uh, "Mr. Uh, Doctor Myersdorf, this will never happen. Forget about it. Go read the physics books uh, and and read about you know what's happening when you're trying to fast charge." And then what happened is Note Seven 
Note 7 happened like five years ago. People had some of their phones exploding in their pockets. And they said, you see, this will never happen because if you charge fast, you'll get uh, things exploding. And they were right, but they forgot one thing. Those guys, uh, Samsung, were still using graphite. Uh, and we are using graphite. Yes, it has high resistance. Uh, and, you know, not to mention all the uh, VCs, the venture capitalists and the investors that came here and said, we are, we are not going to invest in this because all the experts are telling me that this is impossible to do. But I said, it doesn't make sense that this is impossible. I know that you can discharge the battery fast, right? You have high power discharge, right? If you want to lift a drone, you need a lot of power from the battery to be discharged in order for the drone to be lifted in the air. Also, when you want to accelerate the vehicle, right, you're going out of the traffic light into the highway, you have to accelerate. So the battery is discharging very, very fast. You actually need to cool it in order to make it accelerate this way, right? So, you know, I was naive enough to, to, to say there must be some symmetry here if you can discharge, why can't you charge? <laughs> now, what I didn't know is, you know, when you discharge, actually, the electrons are floating and the electrons are very, very tiny. But when you charge, you need to push the ions, which is like the whole atom minus the electron, which is huge compared to the electron. So there are challenges, big challenges in charging fast. But with the right materials and with the right, I would say, chemistry, you can actually make it happen. And you know, holding this vision steady over, you know, many, many people that are telling you that this will never happen uh, is something that uh, is definitely a very bumpy ride. You know, the best thing you just said to me, it doesn't make sense that this is impossible. I think if more people said those words in any aspect of life, I mean, it could be, you know, you need to lose 100 pounds. You're too heavy. Well, it doesn't make sense that this is impossible because the person would say, well, that's impossible. I can't do that. I could never do that. But I, it's just, you know, I tell you, my I'm getting goosebumps hearing you talk today. I really am because I love this mentality. It's, it's the Elon Musk mentality and many, many other innovative people. There's so many smart people in this world that are told you can't do it. And they walk away dejected, but I'm very happy you and your team don't think that way <laughs> because you're bringing this. Now, bucket list, your whole world's about bucket lists, about creating things. You talked about 24, 2024, 25, which is not very far away of this becoming reality. If I was to ask you a very big, bold question, what's on your bucket list, Doron? Well, on my bucket list is actually what I call a hundred in two. A hundred in two is charging a hundred miles in two minutes. Okay, this is, uh, there's another one is a hundred and one, but I think this will be after I retire. But in my career, I want to reach a hundred. Today we are roughly at a hundred and five. So I'm charging a hundred miles in five minutes. Uh, but, and, and, you know, the, we, as we progress with the chemistry, we go to 102, uh, 103, and then 102. So I think around mm, uh, 2030, uh, we'll have 102. This is definitely on my bucket list. You know what I think about when you say that? My son gave me a very cool little tray that you can put your pen in or whatever, but you also set your smartphone on it and it charges your phone. And we've had this technology for a little while where you can set it down. My vision here listening to you today is that underneath all of our roadways one day, 
is a charging system. So the cars never even need to pull into any place to charge. As they're moving down the road, they are constantly being regenerated. Is that crazy talk? No, it actually, it's already happening, by the way. Uh, you have uh, actually an Israeli company uh, that is uh, sitting next door to us. It's called Electrion. They actually uh, walk on the highway with a special lane that has this charging, remote charging capabilities. And this is typically for buses and more like, uh, you know, for fleets than for a, 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 a conventional uh, sedan. But definitely the technology is available. And if the business makes sense, then yeah, I mean, this can definitely happen. Very cool. You know, you touched on something too I wanted to, and this is very brief, but the technology and the innovation that happens in Israel, I think is way beyond what maybe people realize. And maybe you can touch on that, living there, working there, there's a lot of brilliant minds in Israel working on yeah. some incredible things. That I guess, I don't know if it's because of media, whatever, we don't really hear about it, but that's kind of the same around the world. There's these brilliant minds behind doors working on things, and then they come about. Israel is an interesting uh, country to me. It's obviously an ally to us here in the United States and is full of brilliant minds. Is there a lot more going on in Israel than we know about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think per capita in terms of startups— uh, we are we are definitely a world leader. Uh, also, by the way, if you look at Nobel prizes, by the way, but that's that's just a side remark. And I think this has a lot to do with the mentality that you just mentioned. That you know, I don't know if it, this is our survival mechanism, but we always need to come up with ideas uh, of how to do things differently. Uh, and 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 this, you know, it goes back to. Our army service, everybody here goes to serve in the army for, you know, three years. And in the army, you are 18 years old and you are dumped into an environment that is a survival, it's a survival environment. Mm -hmm. And especially if I was in the paratroopers, you know, it's, it's a lot of things that are happening that it's a lot to take in. So you need to develop some, some special mindset, uh, in order to, uh, to, to find your way. And, and many, there's, uh, there's some books about it, about it's called the Startup Nation. This is the title of one of the books, but there, there are other titles that basically take you through this uh, cultural difference uh, between Israel and, and uh, let's say, the US, uh, you know, China, India, and so forth. And it does give some special properties to the way that we uh, we are being brought up and 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 our, our difficult life here in, in Israel. You know, it's a very small country. We are under 10 million people, surrounded by enemies. Uh, and one side is, is uh, you know, the Mediterranean, and all the other sides are enemies. So we are trying to make peace with everybody, and we did manage, by the way, with Egypt and with Jordan. But, you know, Syria and Lebanon, just north of here, and it's very close, by the way. It's, you know, I drive one hour north, and I'm getting into the border of Lebanon. And, uh, I mean, all Israel is tiny. It's new, like New Jersey, <laughs> yeah. size-wise. Very tiny. And, and, and there the, are... The, Really wars all around us. Uh, so, you know, the, the whole uh, mentality uh, requires us to focus on technology, focus on innovation. Uh, we cannot have big factories here. We don't make cars here. There was one attempt like 50 years ago to make a car. It was made out of fiberglass. It was called Camel Dukas. It was a terrible car. The camels ate it. The camels it was, ate it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but innovation-wise, I mean, you can look at a company like Mobileye that Intel has bought. It's part of Intel today. Uh, they are leading the world in terms of uh, autonomous driving. 
almost all the vehicles uh, that are using uh, any autonomous elements use Mobileye as a system uh, to predict uh, the traffic and, and uh, collisions and, and things like that. So, uh, and, and I think the auto tech in Israel as well, I think there are like 300 uh, startups wow. that are working on different aspects of uh, the future uh, mobility, e-mobility. Well, great. I appreciate you sharing that. And it's a nice segue into vehicles because I know uh, you're a bit of a car guy too. You talked about that uh, Mazda 3 and getting to be the first, one of the first guys to drive that. Is there a special vehicle in your life? And if so, what is it? And maybe share a story about that ride. Uh, so yeah, my, my first car is, as a teenager, uh, it's actually, uh, it's, it was called the Prince NSU 1000. Okay. Uh, look it up on Google. It's a uh, it's a Czech, uh, Czech Czechoslovakia car, uh, and it was like uh, a really really cool car for me as as a as a sixteen year old uh, kid or sixteen and a half. And uh, you know, one time I took it to the beach with some friends, and we went. Uh, we did some uh, you know some hiking and spent some time on the beach. I go back, and the car is totally stripped from all its lights and. Everything. Oh no! You know that they could. It wasn't open, but everything that you can take from the outside was gone. So I had to go through, I think, like fifty garages, uh, shops in Israel to try to find parts. Not all of them were original. So at the end of the day, the car looked like uh, you know a unique model with all kinds of uh, you know additions that were proprietary. A Frank a Frankenstein car. It was, but it, it, uh, I really loved that car. I mean, it had air cooling, no air conditioning, but you know, I loved it. It was my first car. What, what year was that, Prince? It was made in, I guess, in what, like 1970. 70? Uh, I, I had it in like 75. Okay. That car, you know, I'm just taking a peek at that thing because I'm going, what is he talking about here? It looks like a little Fiat if you will, you know, very tiny, compressed, little tiny thing. Did yours have the three lights on each side in the back? So six taillights? And this is what they took took away. Yeah, exactly. They took away. They stole your taillights <laughs> and your wheels. And, oh, my gosh. That must have been defeating, especially for a young man that finally had his freedom and somebody stripped his car. That's terrible. Wow. Well, you're the first one ever on Cars Yeah to have had a prince uh, mentioned in his special vehicle. It makes you even more unique today, Doran. Now, I'm going to be your automotive psychologist here. I'm going to go the other side of science and I'm going to go into your head. I think this is a very busy place. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, why? Mm. So... You know, a chitty chitty bang bang. You know what that is? <laughs> You're going to laugh at this. My favorite movie of all time. My wife makes incredible fun of me for that. But I'll tell you why. The first re- what I call real book my parents ever bought me, you know, a, a nice bound book was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Really? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, so why are you a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? So because it's it's like superpower, right? You yeah. want to be a superpower. Yeah. You want to be able to go on the water, to fly, to just be free to do whatever you want. And that's always, you know, for me as a kid, uh, I always dream, dreamt about the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang superpowers. And, you know, I would love to be one or to have one or to be inside one. <laughs> you know, I think that's a perfect, that is a very clever answer and it's a perfect answer. And that's probably why that story was so special to me. And you probably know the answer to this, but sometimes it surprises people. Who wrote the book, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? No, who wrote it? 
Ian Fleming, who wrote all the James Bond, well, not all of them, but the early James Bond books. Wow, amazing. I didn't know. Kind of makes sense because James Bond had all those tricky gadgets that he could do yeah. things with, right? So I like to ask my guests about a book. Now, you mentioned a great one when we uh, were talking earlier, The Startup Nation, The Story of Israel. It's a fascinating read, and I'll put a link to that. Is there another? And by the way, it's by uh, Dan Senor, Senor, S-E-N-O-R, yeah. But is there another book you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, no, I think, uh, that, that book should do it. Yeah. It's a, it's a really fascinating read. And for anybody who wants to learn a little bit about is, or a lot about Israel and the whys and the, I mean, it, it touches a lot of different things. And you mentioned military. I've had friends that have gone into the military and it really is life changing for them in many different ways and very positive influence in their lives that they had to be faced with things they never thought they'd be faced with and they had to learn how to overcome them and whether they came out of the military quickly after two three years or in the case of a good friend who was a fighter pilot uh, for eight years i mean it dramatically changed his whole uh look at how to get himself out of trouble how to be innovative all those kind of things so great book so before i let you go today and I don't want to let you go because I could talk to you forever about what you guys are doing there to, uh, at your business. I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive. I have, I'm like one of your investors. I have unlimited funds here. You can pick any vehicle, you can pick anybody to be with, and you can be driving anywhere in the world. Now, this person you can go with could be living or deceased. Uh, maybe it's Elon or maybe it's uh, Tesla. I don't know. The Tesla, the scientist. <laughs> what does the ultimate drive look like for you, Doran? So, yeah, I would take uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Oh. I, I would take him uh, on a trip through uh, Europe and basically try to connect to the mindset of such a genius mind that without even knowing anything about the future, is able to predict what aviation is going to look like, what medicine is going to look like, what uh, you know, mechanical engineering is all about. This for me was like really starting from a clean slate and inventing the future. Fascinating. So what kind of car would you be in? I would be in a Prince and a Sioux. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, have you ever heard of the book, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci? Uh, no. It's a, it's a yeah. fascinating book by the author is Michael Gelb. And uh, I was given that book years ago. I think my wife gave me that. It was on a trip to Hawaii when I can kind of relax a little bit and sit on the beach and read a book. It's a fascinating book about, it's basically, I think it was seven steps to being a genius every day. And it was his taking his mindset and how you could apply it to the modern world and think differently about things. And he certainly was a man who thought differently. I think you're the, well, I know you're the first guy who's taken Leonardo on a drive. I'll, I'll definitely look up the book. Uh, that sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's been, it's been around for probably 20 years, but uh, it's an interesting read. You've taken us on a very, very interesting look into the future, my friend, and I can't tell you how thankful I am to have connected with you, to, to have another friend over there in Israel now, which is very cool to me. Before I let you go, could you share maybe an inspirational thought, uh, words of wisdom, a mantra of some kind? So I think we can we can definitely reiterate the you know think big or go home. <laughs> if you really if you really want to make a difference in the world, it has to be something that really impacts in a positive way the lives of uh, you know our community, uh, the the lives of uh, the lives on our planet, which is actually at risk, especially for future generations. 
I mean, we have to look really at the problem of the environment and see how, you know, even with electric vehicles, how we make sure that we can recycle these batteries and we don't actually continue to exploit the, the resources of the planet uh, just in order to uh, make uh, a short-term uh, solution. This has to be, you know, global, long-term, uh, eternal even uh, kind of uh, uh, technology uh, that that enables uh, everybody and future generations uh, to live in a in a safe planet. Very well said. Uh, listeners, it's the start of 2022. Those are some words of inspiration. Think big or go home. So whatever you do today, think big. I will put all the links to how you can learn more about what Doron and his team are doing at Store.Dot. You can just go to store-dot.com. You can find all their links to social media and follow what they're up to. And of course, you can find Doron. Uh, he's on Twitter. I'll put a link to that. LinkedIn, of course, as well. And I want to do a shout out. Thank you to uh, Tom Green there in London uh, from Influence Associates PR. He's the one that connected me today. So Tom, thank you very much. This is a fascinating talk. I hope I can have you back some someday, Doron, and uh, we can talk more about what you're doing and how you've gotten to where you've gotten. Absolutely. I wish you could uh, have me like in five sessions to be uh, your, uh, your round number one, but uh, I'll, I'll wait. Yeah, we're uh, we're closing in on show number 2000. So maybe before later, uh, we'll have you back and uh, have another mile marker with you and where you guys have gone. I think that would be fascinating. Doran, thanks for being so inspirational, for being so forward thinking, for uh, thinking big and not going home uh, here on Cars. Yeah, until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the new EV road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!